Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. Thanks, Megan. (laughs) Keep the hype going. All right, so I always say something first so that you don't get distracted, but I wore the wrong pants with the wrong shoes, and I apologize. Well, I look great if I was younger. I had a different pair of pants on, and then I switched them, and I was like, oh, shoot, wrong shoes. Anyway, I just thought I'd put it out there case you're thinking, is she trying to be cool? No, she's not. No, she's not. She she by accident got cool today. All right. How y'all doing? Come on, how's school going? Oh, that great, eh? How's work? Yeah, succeeding at life. Come on. It's good. How's friendships? And if you're with a friend that's giving you a hassle, just give them a let's talk later. <laughs> or, or not. All right. Um, I can't see her anywhere. Our drummer girl. Daniela, beats and curls, where are you? It's her handle. It's okay. Anyway. Maybe I'll talk to her later. (gasps) Right. Maybe she is, and I was totally stepping in her time. All right. Oh, there she is. Sweet. So good. I'm sorry to totally do this to you because probably not your thing because you like to be behind the scenes. But I was just praying for you tonight, and I just wanted to say that there is, like, such a heart of David in you. Um. But there is a Jonathan that needs to come your way for you to feel like you can step into more. And I'm not necessarily saying a man, but there is friendships that need to come around you in this next season that you have been praying for, you've been specific about. And I just want to say to you and to encourage your heart that God has heard every detail of those cries And to be very detailed in what you want in your friendships because they're coming. And I just want to declare over you the release of partnership into your life that will bring about the destiny that's on your life and their life. But there is something that you are going to step into and it's about the friends that he's bringing to you. So I just, can I pray for you? Okay. Father, I thank you for Daniela. God, I thank you that you see her, that you know her, that you are on her mind and you have placed her in the palm of your hand. Father, I thank you that in this season you are breaking off every heavy weight that feels like I can't go any further. And God, I just declare over Daniela, God, that you are bringing alongside of her the friendships that she needs. You're actually bringing alongside the partnerships that she needs to step into the next phase of her destiny. So God, we just declare that the seasons that have felt like that is far off are coming to an end now in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for these friendships that they would rise up in godly fervor, that they would be lovers of God, they would be after your heart, they'd be after your kingdom, and they would catch Daniela's heart for what's in front of her. God, I thank you that she's a girl that lives with wisdom and integrity, and God, I thank you that that's what you honor. So Father, I pray that you would honor her, lift her up, and move her ahead in this season in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm sorry if you were having an introvert moment. It was a good point. I'll think about that next time. All right. Who has been enjoying our disciple series? What it takes to be a disciple. Okay, all you back rows are, come on. No? 
Okay, what it takes to be a disciple, what it takes to be a follower of Jesus, okay? Not just I said yes and I show up on Sundays. There's actually feet and there's hands to and thought to being a disciple of Jesus. It doesn't just happen. There is a cost to it, okay? So a disciple by definition is a follower or student of a teacher, So a disciple of Jesus, we are a follower and a student of Jesus, okay? A disciple picks what they're going to be discipled by. We have lots of stuff that we could be discipled by, right? Right? You can be discipled by Instagram like that. I want that outfit. I want that for dinner. I want to go there on holidays. Like, you can be discipled. I actually follow this, and it changes my thoughts and behaviors, Okay, if you think you're not discipled by your social media, you're wrong. You are. So just be aware that whatever you are a student of, whatever you are following, you're being discipled by. So we want to choose deliberately to be taught by, to follow Jesus well. Okay, we want to be changed by Jesus Okay, I don't know about you, but I, I need to be changed by Jesus because when I wake up, I'm not so godly. Yep, and I need to get the uh, flesh under control and follow him well and be in love with him well. <laughs> okay, so when we are changed by Jesus, we're following Jesus, then we're on mission for Jesus. Okay, those three things need to be an element of discipleship in your life. So we've been going through uh, Luke 14, verse 25. If you have your Bibles, you're going to heaven. If you don't, mm, why'd you leave the house without your sword? I'm just kidding. But for serious, you guys got to love the word, right? Can you say, I love the word? Okay, if you don't love the word, say that. Say that to yourself every day. Until you love the word, because you will start to love the word. Okay? Say it till you get it. I love the word. The word sets me free because it's God's truth that's being revealed to me. So I love the word. Love the word. Okay, Father, I thank you now that you are here to lead us into all truth. Father, I thank you that you have called us to be discipled by you, by your word, by your way. God, so we acknowledge you in all our ways tonight. God, we acknowledge you in worship. God, we acknowledge you in our giving. We acknowledge you in our friendships. God, we acknowledge you in teaching and preaching, God, in fellowship. Every part of this evening, God, we acknowledge you. So, Father, would you direct our path? Would you direct our hearts? Would you direct our spirits and our souls towards thinking about you, choosing you, and being on mission by and for you? So, God, we just... Welcome your Holy Spirit to come now and open our ears to your word. God, not my words, but your words. God, I ask that you would empty my words of any uh, influence, and God, that your words would be heard. And so, Father, we just welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke 14, verse 25 to 34. We're going to focus on 31 to 33, but I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you are not able to finish it, anyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the others are still a long way off 
and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Okay. Really refreshing, encouraging words from Jesus. Okay? If you catch his heart in them. He's saying, I want you and you alone. And I want you to bring everything else with me, to me. I want you. Okay? It's actually a really good word. Our discipleship is built on our confession of believing, considering, and then living in a way that our lives display that we have counted the cost. That's our discipleship back to Jesus. It has to have a display back to him, okay? In verses 31 and 32, Jesus makes a correlation of the cost of going to war, something we totally don't get in our culture. <laughs> we don't actually get it here in Canada unless you have been in the Canadian Armed Forces and off to war. It's not something that we you know, talk about. It's some other country. It's some other time. It's some other point in history. It's way back in the Bible, or it's back in World War One or two. It's, it's a reference point for us of something that we don't quite get. So we need to try to put ourselves into war talk to get it. Okay? Sorry that these are my verses in our scripture. I think Matt would do better with war, just because he's a guy. And I don't know how many times I can watch Saving Private Ryan. Every time we pick a movie, he's like, these are great war movies, eh? And I'm like, okay, you cannot make fun of me for rom-coms because he's like, here's what's going to happen. This girl's going to break up with that guy, and then she's going to meet that guy's best friend, and then they're going to get together, and they're married. And I'm like, and your movie is somebody's going to go off to war, blow up, and lose a friend and come back. <laughs> I'm like, did you notice your plot's way smaller? War. <laughs> like war movies, I don't know. I do like them, but they're a bit gruesome. You're like, was that a head flying by? It's not great. Okay, so Jesus makes the correlation of the cost of going to war. There's a cost of going to war for every soldier that has said, I'm going. Just put yourself there for a second. I'm going to war. Which means, think of your life. I'm leaving my job, my family, everything that I know, and I'm about to be trained in something that I have no idea about. My whole life, my regimen, my eating, everything that I do is about to change to fight for an unseen cause. It's out here. It's ethereal sometimes, but it's a cause, and I'm going to fight for it. It's not something I tangibly can put in my hand. It's a cause. Okay? War. Put yourself there. Consider the cost of going to war. Okay? In a time of war, there's much to be thought about. Think of the generals and the people that have to line up people for battle. First of all, okay, so ignorance. I didn't know there was like rules to war. I was like, isn't war just like you hit the battlefield and last man standing wins? No, there's like rules of engagement and like you can't approach until this happens. You can't start until there's like, okay, now it's not like it's so gentlemanly. I'm like, that's not how, like it gets real gruesome, but you got to have a way of do, like A plus B needs to equal C and then we can kill each other. It's crazy. There's so much strategy to it that you're like, oh, okay. Which means there's a whole lot of thought and consideration about war that happens that we don't consider. So Jesus is saying to consider it when we're talking about discipleship. Put yourself in a thought of war. There's strategy 
and planning that go into entering a war, and it's not a quick or an easy decision. So if you entered Christianity and it was quick and easy, discipleship needs to come with planning, strategy, and a lot of thought. Okay? Sometimes we get like into the kingdom. That can happen. That's a seed that is like you're snatched from the hands of the enemy and you're brought into the kingdom. Your job now is to thoughtfully consider what discipleship looks like. What does going to war look like for you as a disciple? Because following Jesus, there is a war. If you haven't heard this yet, there is good and evil. <laughs> there is the supernatural. We do have a battle that's going on in the unseen realm. You need to know how to fight there. Okay, so as a disciple, following Jesus into this means we need to have much thought and much planning. Okay, in the verse it says, sit down and consider. Okay, I will do that, Lord. So sit down. What do you do when you sit down? You stop. Stop. You slow down, you position yourself, you pause, you think, you reflect. There's not a whole lot of activity going on when you sit down unless you have ADHD and your feet are going, your legs are going, and in turn you're jumbling the table. It's really annoying, by the way. Just relax. Okay? When you sit down and you pause and you start to consider, and you start to think, and you start to engage. Bring the thoughtfulness into your mind. Okay? What's going on in the days ahead? Some of us never stop and sit down and consider about anything. But if you don't do it about your discipleship, you... You need to. Just going to say that. You need to. We're asked to. Okay? In considering, it's making up your mind in regards to warring against the world's way versus the kingdom way so that we can live in peace. Consider war in your discipleship. If I know how to have a plan, I know how to be thoughtful, I know how to engage purposefully, I can live in peace. But I have to take that moment where I sit down and I consider so that I know how to live in peace. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, take deliberate action. Take deliberate thoughts about your actions. Sorry, I said that wrong. Be intentional about your actions and what you're doing with them, okay? If you are impulsive, don't raise your hand because I would have right there, oh, that's me, which just proves I have an impulsive problem, okay? If you're impulsive, I'm saying this from a heart of somebody who has had to work at this, slow down and consider so that you can live in peace. Your actions have reactions, which sometimes have really bad outcomes. And we're like, where's God? Well, where was God when you did this? Did you consider him? I don't know. You might just be living in the fruit of that decision. So take time to be thoughtful and deliberate. Inventory your actions. Okay? Have you ever thought while you're doing something, because sometimes we do things and our heart like pounds out of your chest and you're like, I hope I don't know anybody here. Okay, you're like stealing a donut or I don't know. Let's just go really small. No, stealing's bad. Don't, it's not small. There's no scale on sin. Okay, stealing, still stealing. Okay, but say you're stealing a donut. Okay, and you're hoping nobody's seeing you. Slow down and intentionally think it through. Do I want this on my record? Do I want my whole life to change because of a donut? Am I really that hungry? Like back the bus 
way up in every scenario. Way, way up. Because everything has a reaction, right? I feel like I'm in a college class right now. That's so weird. Yes, it does. Every action has a reaction. Okay? Everything that you do has fruit to it. You're either causing fruit that's good or bad, but you're going to eat it. It's called sowing and reaping. Okay? So are the actions that you're taking causing a life that you want to eat from? Think about it. The next time you go to do something that you're like, I'm going to steal 50 bucks from my mom. Really? Don't ever do that, by the way. Your mom can see you back here. She knows, she knows, she knows. Just, just behave. Okay? But theft will cause a reaction. Okay? You get away with a little, you'll start getting away with a lot. We can totally get into a character talk, and I will win but little things lead to big things. I've been around too long. Like, you just can't convince me. All the little things, like, you want to talk about ethics? If you cheat on a golf course, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Because guess what? In 10 years, that's something else that you just were like, eh, I don't care. You've learned to not care. We do the same thing with the word of God. When he says, don't do this, and we talk him out of it because I don't care, it's called sin, and we talk them out of it because we're not being discipled. We're choosing. We're in charge. We haven't thoughtfully considered the end game. Where does this land in 20 years? When I'm choosing for myself, but I've said I've got a Lord. Where does it go? It doesn't go into considering war or being a disciple. Okay? So think about your actions and the fruit you're going to eat from. Okay? Psalm 144. I love this verse. One. Verse one. I love this verse. That was a whole chapter that I love. But verse one. Praise be to the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Be deliberate in your thoughts. Ask God, do, you, do I feel you in these thoughts? Because you're training my hands and you're training my fingers. I'm going to be very aware how to war. And I'm going to feel you there. Okay, You're being trained as a disciple. When you lean into the word of God, when you lean into his ways, you're being trained. Where are you, Lord? I'm going to consider you. Okay? Second thing in our verse, it says submission to a greater king. Submission. If you go here, you'll have heard Matt say, submission isn't submission till you disagree. It's just agreement the rest of the time great thought. Yeah, I want to do that too. There's no problem. Okay? Submission to a greater king. When Jesus says, this is how I want you to live, and we decide something else, we haven't submitted to a greater king yet. We're still living for ourselves. We're still in charge. Okay? So we need to be submissive and let his rule, his reign, his way went out, okay? Think of sin and counting the cost in the context of submission. It puts it in a really easy framework for us. You said don't do this. Okay? That's not religious, by the way. Rules that God laid out for us, they're for our benefit. They're so that boundaries lay in pleasant places for us so that we can enjoy life without a seared conscience. That is a pleasant life. I do what I say. I say what I do. I am who I am all the time. It is so freeing. I can't even imagine. I'm not perfect. I can't imagine being two people. Like, I'm this way at home. I'm this way at work. I'm this way with my friends. Like, how exhausting is your life? I'm not sure how to act in this scenario. I'm not sure how to act in this one. This one, I get wasted, and I'm like this. And this one, I'm like, oh. 
Like, what? How are you two people? You're divided against yourself. Okay? Be at peace. Live in peace. Deliberate actions. Counting the cost. His cause is what we need to have in our heart in submission. Not ours. If we're defending our lives, our reasons, our ways, before we're picking up his cause, we need to put Jesus out front. <laughs> we need to get him out in the first priority, okay? Pick up the good fight. I'm telling you from the benefit. Anyway, can I just say that I love doing this? Like, you guys are amazing, but what's amazing is that I'm old and I don't care what you guys think at all. So I think that it's really been precious. Like, I'm not here to impress you, but coming from a 50-year-old, like, I hope that you're getting some wisdom. Like, oh, these are some choices that I need to make along the way so that my life prospers and that I benefit. And I'm not trying to just be cool. I'm trying to succeed, and I'm trying to get God in front, and I'm trying to live with his purpose and his ways. I hope that you guys hear from me. It is not worth any person, any opinion, or any moment in your life to live another way other than God's way. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You will pay dearly for your compromises. And I've seen it over and over and over again, the regrets, the shame, that, that like it, it's hard to get off because it's a cycle. Okay, Can God break it? Absolutely. But sometimes when we enter a shame cycle because of our intentionality, it's hard to break because we're in charge. Getting it to break is an intentional, I'm unwinding that in my mind. So sit and consider your ways with God. All right, sorry. What picture is Jesus painting for us in this scripture? When 10,000 soldiers go against 20,000. The picture he's trying to paint is outcomes pretty obvious, guys. 10,000 are going to get snuffed by the 20, right? It's pretty obvious, the picture. God, you're so quiet. You can't do this to me. It's good, right? It's good. Okay. 10,000 are about to get snuffed by the 20. Okay? So why is he saying to consider it? If it's obvious. Okay, ever commit a sin and it was like so obvious that you'd have to pay for it? <laughs> right. Because we're human. So we have to sit and consider and slow down so that we can carry peace instead of shame. Okay? Slow down and consider it. It's fairly obvious who wins in this battle, but sometimes we don't take the hot minute to figure it out. We just rush in. Like, woo! Anyway, all right, so when he's saying consider it, they send a delegation. A delegation being sent is, again, this is where the gentlemanly stuff comes into war that I don't quite understand, but I'll abide by. You send a delegation ahead to the 20,000, if you're from the 10, say you say send a group of five guys, and you go to talk to the delegation from their army, and you meet halfway in the middle, and you say, we're 10,000, how many are you? 20. Okay. <laughs> they don't snipe you. They don't kill you right there. Nothing. They're like, what are your terms of peace? If you're from the 10,000, you're asking them terms of peace, please. Which means I'm about to disengage. I'm not coming into this battle. What are the terms of peace your king wants? Okay, now think about that in your discipleship. When you run into scenarios where that's going to win, what are the terms of peace? What do you need to do to retreat properly? How do you live in peace so that sin isn't winning? Okay, it's the cost of discipleship. How do I live in peace? Okay. We are a generation that needs peace more than anything. We really do. We need Jesus, and we need his peace, 
to wash over us, over what we do, what we think, what we say. We just need his peace. Okay? We need his power, yes. We need his peace to wash over our minds because they run rampant on us. Okay? Sending your response and your intention to the other king, you are saying to the king in control, we're ready for peace. So you're, gonna about, to, you're about to live in it. The one army has thoughtfully considered the cost and is laying down the right to fight for themselves. If that's not a salvation call, I don't know what that is. I have thoughtfully considered, I don't want to live that way. I need a different king. I can't be in charge anymore. I'm laying down my life, and I'm choosing that that king's in, in control. That's my kingdom now. That is salvation, you guys. Yeah, you should be a little more excited. Like, our king has been amazing. He has bought us. And when we said, I want to serve you, we got drafted into his army. Now, there's 30,000 of us. Okay? Terms of peace. This is what I'm coming into. So, submission to a greater king and a kingdom. Let's check out Matthew 6, because this would be the easiest way to acknowledge in your ways that you have a greater kingdom and a greater king. Okay, Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13 is the Lord's Prayer. It says, Our Father in heaven, acknowledgement. Right there, acknowledging. Father in heaven, meaning you're not here on earth. This isn't your kingdom. You rule and reign from a different place. Okay? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Okay? If you don't pray this over your life, you need to start. Your will be done, not mine. It'll help make you help make you make some great decisions. I was like, I'm missing a word. Okay? If you don't pray that way, it can be me, myself, and I all the time in your prayer life. And please don't think that that can't happen. Just because you prayed or addressed Jesus doesn't mean you're approaching his kingdom properly. He's the king. It's his kingdom. It's his rule. It's his domain. It's his way. We come in in peace. Okay? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you're dating, pray this before you go on every date. Lead us not into temptation. Okay? You want to stop sexually sinning? Be intentional. just going to give it to you like a mom would, <laughs> okay? Stop being so stupid. Don't lay down on the couch to watch a movie. How dumb is that? I don't know how we messed up. I do. Do you want the answer? You trust yourself too much. You haven't come into his dominion yet. You haven't made peace with that he's the king. It's his way. It's submission to his kingdom, okay? Be intentional, Okay. Through prayer, we acknowledge who is in authority and whose kingdom it is and how we live in the kingdom. That's how we live in peace. So check to see if God is on your side in your decisions. I could go into like massive details and be very embarrassing, but I won't. But check your decisions that lead you to sin. Check your decisions. Check where they start. What's my intention on this? What am I trying to get away with? What power am I trying to yield? Why do I want to be so forceful right now? Why do I need an outlet? What am I escaping? Check yourself. Check yourself. I just messed up all my pages because that's what I do. All right, number three. Discipleship is built on counting the cost. Ever built something? Ever done a reno? Ever paid for tuition? Yeah, there's, I got gotcha. you. 
Okay, tuition. You take 20 classes, you got to pay for them, right? It's kind of how it works. Like you don't just get to walk out for free, like, woo, <laughs> thanks for teaching me. I'm going to pay for nothing. They will track you down, hunt you, and kill you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they will make you pay for it. Consider the cost. Do you have what it takes to take 20 classes? Be thoughtful about it. Okay? I'm just using it as a word picture so that you can get it. We don't jump into, like, if I was going to renovate my house and I just did everything that I want, I would have a hefty bill to pay at the end that I don't have money for, and I didn't consider it. I didn't sit down and budget it. I didn't think about it. I didn't plan for it. I wasn't thoughtful. I didn't investigate. Hey, how does this work out? I just did it because I wanted to. If that doesn't sound like our culture, shoot me. Literally, like literally, guys, I know that Matt made fun of that word, but it works in this context. We do this all the time. Me, myself, and I. It's a song from when I was little, so you're just going to have to roll with it. Okay? It's all about me, myself, and I, and I don't consider the end game. It's just I wanted that right now. And again, answer me this. Is that how all sin ends? Go back to the beginning of the garden. Adam and Eve, having the time of their lives... With Jesus who comes, or like God, sorry, it's pre-incarnate Jesus. Let's not go in deep into theology. Walking with them at the cool of the day, asking, hey, how was your day? Sweet. Did you notice any new things around today? Like, just totally asking them how they're doing. Absolute pure friendship. Okay? In a moment, Eve changes it all because she considers herself. Well, why can't I have that? Wasn't about Adam. Wasn't about her children. It wasn't about the future. It wasn't this is about to bring all hell on the loose. Like, no consideration. Just I want that fruit from that tree because he said I couldn't. Me, 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 me all there was we still do the same thing okay before we give Eve a hard time where have you put yourself first okay I'll tell you this in marriage this was a huge one for me considering Matt better and preferring him over myself was huge for me it actually taught me a lot about discipleship because I had to be intentional and in the New Testament, Paul refers to the church like a marriage. So I learned a lot being married. I highly recommend it. It will make you holier and angrier and then holier and then more upset. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. You'll laugh a lot. You'll cry a lot. But you will become perfected by God because you're learning to love someone more than you love yourself. You're not meant to love yourself so much. Okay? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor goes first, but yourself is included. There's a lot of loving in there, but it's not, there's only one yourself. The rest is directed towards God and the neighbors. Okay? So let's get that one straightened out. All right. So discipleship. Built on counting the cost so you can live in peace when you live ready, aware, and obedient. So scratch this from your vocabulary. I don't know what happened. If I have to hear that in one more pastoral counseling visit. I don't know how I got here. Are you serious? Like, literally, no, I won't say that. For serious, you don't know how you got here. 
people that sit down with you and they're weeping and they're like, I have no idea how I became this person. I'm like, I do. I've been watching you five rows back. Like, what do you mean? You stopped going to church. You stopped making God a priority. You started doing this. You picked up a sin habit. You started making excuses for that. You started deconstructing your faith. And then you wonder why your life fell apart. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. Okay? Be careful about the choices you make. And I don't know is not a good response to sin. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Because he already knows why you did it. Okay? Here's a real good tidbit for you. Holy Spirit's a genius and you can't fool him. But you can leave him out of your process of growth. So I don't know. Next time you feel like I'm going to say that, go, wait a second. Holy Spirit, you actually know why I did that. I want you to come and counsel me. Take me back. Lead me into all truth because he carries it and he's about to reveal it to you and it might hurt. And he's the comforter at the same time. So he's going to do all this wonderful stuff at the same time that no human can do. And you're going to have a truth revelation bomb that you're like, oh, that actually didn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to. But now I understand the ways of God. I understand how to do this better. Okay? We all need those encounters every day if you're honest. Why did I do that? Why did I gossip about a friend? Be honest. Because you're jealous. Just be honest. It would be so much easier if your girlfriend just said, why would you say that? Because uh, I like her new jeans and I wish I had them. Like, just be honest. You're an idiot. You feel inferior and you need to deal with that in front of the Lord. It's not everybody else's problem. Okay? Deal with it. Ask yourself, why? I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I just lost all my friends. I do. You talk bad about them all, and then you didn't show up to anything they invited to you, and you're horrible at saying yes to things, and now they don't like you. Oh. It's a character problem. you got to go back and deal with it. I don't know how it happened. Yes, you do. You have envy in your heart. Let Holy Spirit deal with it because he created you for a plan and a purpose and a reason. Stop trying to compete with everybody else's plan and purpose. Come back to your own, okay? So I don't know what happened is a poor response to sin. Don't say that. Search your heart first, okay? If we are not aware of what sin is, how are you able to count the cost? You should be able to recite what sin is. What's out of bounds? What's a no-fly? Okay, gossip, lying, anger, sexual sin, drunkenness, rage. You guys can carry on. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, let's read Galatians 5, 19 to 26, because we don't have to make our own list. Jesus was brilliant that he breathed on some people and was like, hey, let's do this. Let's help the church out. Let's help them with these boundaries. Okay, Galatians 5, 19 to 26. The acts of the flesh, which another word for that is sin, which I don't know if, have you guys, like, are you uncomfortable with that word at all? There's lots of people that are uncomfortable with the word sin, but we're just going to say it because we're all Testament Christians, right? Good. Okay, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Everybody say obvious. They're obvious. Okay, preachers don't preach about them because they want to. It's because they're obvious. But then you're like, why isn't anybody getting it? They're obvious. 
sit down and consider so you can live in peace. They're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, which is a great word for getting drunk. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ow. Ow. Find yourself on the list anywhere? Don't raise your hand. It's not time. Anywhere? Envy? Something like our generation suffers from? Drunkenness? Impurity? There's a lot of them in there. Fits of rage? Selfish ambition? There's a lot there, you guys. But they're obvious. And if we live like these things, we don't inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? Remember we sent a delegation? Said, I'm going to live under you? All these things can't come with you into that kingdom without excuse. I don't know what happened. Oh, well, that's not what happens in this kingdom. Discipleship says, I'm going to get that out of my life, and here's how. Okay? We don't go to war when we know we are, con- we are going to lose. Choosing sin is knowing you're going to lose. Choosing the way of the world's kingdom is choosing to lose. Okay? I'll use this because I pr- think it's pretty easy to follow. Sex before marriage. Real easy one. We s- it's difficult for some people to adhere to this one. Because they're like, love is love. Whether I'm in covenant or not. Pause. Did you send a delegation? Did you ask that man of peace that I want to be in your kingdom? Because he's a man of covenant. And he said, I like covenant more than I like your selfish ambition. Okay? Sex before marriage. Do that. You think God will bless it? Fine. Maybe he will. What often happens is because you didn't have any self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit, P.S., you can pray for that, and you can grow in it. Because you didn't have any, just enjoy your spouse asking you for the rest of your life, where are you? What are you doing? What's that girl want? Why are you talking to him? Lots of questions, because guess what? Your character was in play there. Can you get healing for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can absolutely be healed and start walking in purity, but there has to be repentance. There has to be a, uh uh-uh, it's his way. I'm coming into peace. I'm coming under his kingdom, okay? It matters how we live because you will eat the fruit from it. I know this is a hard message, and I think Matt's probably laughing because that's what he does to me. Okay, But without careful consideration, we need to understand that the cost of the cross was so big. So big. The divide between the Old Covenant and the New Testament, we don't just abolish the ways of the Old Testament. Now they're written on our heart. Okay? You don't want to come out of the kingdom when you've made an agreement. This is my king. This is my kingdom. This is where I want to live. Okay? I'm going to ask for Ivy to come. 
I'm going to read Hebrews 12. But before I do, if you want to get an understanding of the cross and why it's really important how you live, read Hebrews 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 this week. Just read it over and over and over again. Okay? It'll put the importance of the cross in you in a new level of, oh, I didn't realize my actions had reactions. And I didn't understand that in the kingdom I can actually do things to separate myself from the kingdom intentionally. Okay? Ever felt distance with God? Sometimes it's our own doing. We chose ourself over him. Chose our own rights. We chose our own way. But there's a better way. Okay, so read Hebrews 10 to 14. But this is Hebrews 12, 4 to 11. It says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as the father addresses his son. It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his child, for what child's is not what children are not disciplined by their own father. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. You are not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, have all had human sorry, how moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and, and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. A harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Righteousness, right living, meaning I make good decisions. I'm living in the fruit of righteousness. What I have decided to do, I'm living in. I'm living in the fruit of righteousness and peace. There's so much peace living God's way, you guys. There's so much peace. You don't have to question who knows what. What lie do I have to tell? What do I have to cover up? Be who God has called you to be and live his way. It'll be so much easier. It'll be so much easier. And there's a harvest for it. Is discipline pleasant at the time? No. Is it hard to say no? to some things that gratify the sinful nature, you bet. Let's all be honest. If sin was easy to run away from, we'd all be perfected already. Sin has a high level of enticement, except the wise consider it. They sit and they consider it. They're going to bear a harvest of righteousness and peace because they decided to be trained by their king. Okay, so tonight what we're going to do is I want you to actually find a spot by yourself. I don't want you to leave. You're actually locked in here. Just kidding. But I do. I want you to stop because I feel like this is one of those moments that you will remember. Okay, you will remember when this crazy 50 year old at young adults was really harsh except that the love of God is not harsh. It's his loving kindness that draws us to repentance. And it's the repentance that changes our mind and softens our hearts so that we can live under his way and we can live in perfect peace with him, living a pure life, living a sinless life.
okay? So I want you to find a spot without anyone beside you because I don't want them to distract you. And I want you to be serious about this moment, <laughs> okay? Everybody shake their head. I get it, and I'm going to do it no matter what. If your boyfriend wants to leave, don't. You can have a fight later. Just say, you know what? Get a better priority. God's mine. Okay? If your girlfriend wants to leave right now, not a good time. God wants to talk to you. God wants to be king. God wants to be first. Jesus is calling you to speak to you. Okay? In a fast-paced culture, you guys can go find your space now. You can take your journal or your Bible. I actually want you to learn how to do this in your own life. Our life is so fast and paced at an awful rate that we don't know how to take time to just hear God. So I want you to take the time and to remember how this feels to just reflect, to just go, oh, God, what are you saying to me? What are you teaching my heart to listen to? What are you attuning my ears to hear? And I want you to take some time in what counting the cost really means for you. As a man or a woman of God, what does it look like? What are the outcomes? What are the actions? How, what does following God look like? What does his word, like how, how much louder does his word need to be? In your life. Okay. So question. What does it look like to deny yourself. And take up your cross. What does it mean to bear the cross. Place of suffering. Place of victory. It's both. What does it mean to bear the cross? What does submission to another kingdom mean in your life? What are the outworkings of it? Last question. Do you have the right people in your life to remain a champion in the kingdom? I'm a huge proponent of friendship and connection. It matters. How can two walk together unless they're agreed? I believe in discipleship. I believe in bringing people along. But if you are not being championed and you are not championing others in the call of God, in the purpose of God, if you can't call your friends on sin, it's not friendship. It's acquaintance. Again, call it what it is. Be aware. Be intentional. Okay? So what does it mean to deny yourself? What does it mean to bear the cross? What does submission to another kingdom look like? And do you have the right people around you in considering war? Holy Spirit, I just ask for your presence to come and hover in this place. Father, I thank you for your kingdom. God, we acknowledge that we have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. Tonight, we acknowledge that your blood paid for it all. All our sins, all our mistakes, all our shame, all our guilt. Father, we ask that tonight, God, you would renew our hearts in coming after you and coming under your kingdom and under your way. Father, we just say tonight that we want to acknowledge you in all our ways. We want to be men and women who live on purpose. We want to live with a biblical standard of purity. God, we want to be able to define what would trip us up and what would benefit us. And Father, I ask that the mind of Christ would be revealed and released on each and every one of us tonight as we seek you. God, would your heart be revealed? Would your Holy Spirit come and counsel us and lead us into all truth so that truth could set us free? God, I ask for deep freedom in thoughts that have been 
deeply rooted in self. They've just been so self-absorbed thoughts, God, and they've led us into a way that is not your kingdom. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you rule and would you reign as you hover in this place? We just say that we're coming under your kingdom, God. We're coming into and we're remaining at peace with what you said and why you said it. So we just ask that you'd teach us tonight, Holy Spirit. Teach us to be those who are great at being disciplined and following you well. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram 